This is episode 58 of Off Script with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today is Natasha Hopkins from The Rogue Grape. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I just asked you what's your official title with Rogue Grape, and you said? Owner, janitor, bookkeeper, Right. Problem solver, counselor, glass I mean, you name washer, it. glass washer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> toilet cleaner. That's it. Okay. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the rogue grape because it's um, your new baby. That's it. Yeah. My fifth child. Your fifth child. Mm-hmm. Right. We were also talking about children. Fun story there too. Um, but first of all, I like to start out all my fun conversations with where are you from originally? Santa Cruz, California. California girl. Yep. I grew up in the Bay Area. That's where kind of my life began. Mm-hmm. And um, I moved to Medford uh, about eight years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're fairly newish to the state. I am. Mm-hmm. What was growing up in Santa Cruz like? Um, I grew up in San Jose. San so, Jose, sorry. Yeah, so it was good. It was before, um, like, construction really happened there, so there were still orchards to play in, and mm-hmm. um, schools were still good. It was relatively safe, so I spent most of my time at the park and nice. running around with the kids in, in town. That's always fun. Yeah. Did you have siblings? I do, but they're from other mothers, and so I kind of grew up in a house, house full of cousins. Um, our family has kind of a colorful background like a, a lot of the adults had like drug and alcohol addictions mm-hmm. and so we grew up together like with the cousins the cousins like uh-huh. you know parents that couldn't take care of their kids we all kind of like ended up in a house together so this was your parents and then their siblings uh or yes okay like i'm just curious what do you mean colorful like your <laughs> like your parents i mean your your mom you said had my mom, my mom is still a drug addict, unfortunately, to really? this day. Really? Yeah. That's really sad. And so I'm kind of, I've kind of like cut her out of my life just because I deserve happiness and you I just do? needed to mm-hmm. um, focus on my own family and, you know, the health of my own family. And my dad was, is an ex-drug addict, alcoholic, and so now he's kind of turned over a new leaf and is, is part of our family. And That's amazing. Yes. He's been clean and sober for, well, not sober. He still drinks alcohol, but not like he did, um, for over 15 years. So Good for him. Yeah, Good definitely. for him. Addiction's hard. It's a it disease. Sure is. I know. A lot of people I'm, don't see it that way, um, but I've done so many stories on addiction, meth and opioid. I mean, it, it is truly a disease. It really is. It's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so with your so you grew up with siblings or you grew up with cousins cousins really cousins mm-hmm. okay um, and then your mom has she been an addict her entire life or was yeah there, okay yeah pretty much um, she had me when she was sixteen years old mm-hmm. and then I pretty much was raised by my father like eighteen months I guess she left and um, the rest have been with him so mm-hmm. and his family was that ever growing up I mean was that ever like I don't know how to phrase this question did you know. Did you realize as a small child, like, this isn't, she's not like other moms or? Oh, yeah. I I definitely did. And I always had kind of a hole in my heart uh, for what I thought a mother should be and what I wanted her to be. Um, But she's just not capable. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I understand that. Yeah. Um, And then, sorry, just um, (laughs) what, specifically, what was she addicted to? Alcohol, drugs? Um, I think meth. Okay. I think meth. She's never been an alcoholic, but now she's kind of like a prescription Mm -hmm. junkie, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Meth is uh, so scary. It really is. Yeah. It's so scary. It is. Uh, We used to do stories where we would talk to recovering addicts, and they would say, you know, at the peak of my addiction, if you would have put my brand new baby girl in one corner and meth in another I would always choose the meth well she did that's how powerful it is I know it's unfortunate so I always wanted her to choose me but she just never did right so that's tough too being a a girl a young girl um, because that mother-daughter bond is 
special. My husband said that, and that's kind of why we kept trying to have more children because we had three boys, and mm-hmm. you know, I just he just was like, you know, if you could have a daughter and just fill your heart with the love for her, mm-hmm. then he thinks that I'd be healed, you know, mm-hmm. like for that piece of me. Anyway. For sure. And so now that I have my own little girl, she's nine months old. She lights up my world every single day, and yeah. I just vow to teach her to be a strong, independent, you know, person that's <laughs> good for you. <laughs> that's able to navigate this world, right? So well, that's now my mission you, with her, you can be, and you have been. So Sounds like an amazing mom, but now you can be that mom to her that you always kind of wanted. Absolutely. In your life. Absolutely. And just have that relationship, you know, that I want. Right. So I'm was excited. It, was it hard for you to kind of cut the ties with your mom? Absolutely. That just happened this past year. Like, did uh, it really? It really did. I mean, we've given her so many ultimatums to, you know, and so many opportunity to, to just heal herself and mm-hmm. be part of the family and be supportive of her. But she just continues to choose that life, you know, regardless of, of whatever opportunity we give her. Um, she just chooses it over and over again. Yeah. So it's really sad. Um, and I still feel a little raw about it, you know, but uh, I just feel like it's the best decision I can make for myself at this point because um, I have a lot going on, you know, and you I, I need to I need to be 100 percent present for everything that I've committed to right now. And, and just be having that constant distraction and that constant disappointment wasn't really working for me. Right. And you yeah. have a lot of good things going I on have a right ton. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's Lots gotta, of blessings. It's got to be hard, though, when you finally make that decision. It's probably, and I don't know, you can tell me, but it's good because you're finally feeling that freedom of mm-hmm. like, I'm done with it. But at the same time, you are saying goodbye to a huge part of your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and just the hope that, that she would be something more than she is, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the most disappointing part of it is just finally realizing like she's not capable of being anything other than she is. And yep. so I pray for her every day and I wish her the best, but I just don't choose to be drugged down by that anymore. Right. You know, yeah, by you that can. burden and, and just the, the feeling of, of wanting to help her, you know. Right. And you and your dad have a good relationship. Oh, now? yeah. 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 My dad lives with us and he is our like third parent in our household, Yay. which, yeah, he just basically makes it all work because me and my husband are so busy mm-hmm. and we have two new little ones to, to raise. And so um, he's watching them right now, in fact. Yay. What's yeah. his name? Tomas. Tomas. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tomas. So you go to high school in San Jose area? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you you graduate when? Uh, well, I was supposed to graduate in 1998, but I never did. Okay. I okay. met Sean when I was 15, and uh, we got together right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided we were soulmates in one night, um, <laughs> and literally the rest is history. And I, he was already graduated, so I was kind of like, I just wanted to start my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to just be his wife and, you know, start my life at that point. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, just trying to get out of the life that I was born into. I was just thinking yeah. that. It's like that makes a lot of sense if you were just ready to go. I wanted my, my own family. I mm-hmm. wanted to create my own family. I wanted my own home. I wanted my own husband. You know, I wanted it to make it my way. Mm-hmm. And so um, I never graduated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have – and you guys got married at 18? I was 19. He was 21, 22. Okay. He was 22. And then you had a baby right away. Yeah, we had Sage. He's our first. He's 21 years old now. We had him. <laughs> is that crazy to think about? It's It really is. We had cocktails with him at Elements on, on Sunday. <laughs> I saw and, that picture on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. He he. My son is like a mini me. 
like not really in personality, but in looks. And so um, he was born six weeks before we were married. And so I, I pretty much didn't want to go down the aisle um, pregnant. My grandpa was like, we need to get you to Tahoe right now and get you married like next weekend, like before anybody knows that you're pregnant. And oh, we're, grandpa. We're, I know. We're just like, no, you know, we I want like the full on dress and the big wedding. And so we had it. Good. Um, and that was awesome. And, and Sage was six weeks that day uh, when we were married. And and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what are you guys doing with your life at this point? Oh, so much. <laughs> so um, not only are we raising a new family, so we have Caius and Lucy. Um, our oldest is 21. Our second son, Noah, is 18. Mm-hmm. Our third son, Caius, is two and a half. And then Lucy is nine months old. So oh, my goodness. I'm mother first. Right. Well, and you guys, when you were married, though, what year was this? When you 1998. Were 98. Mm-hmm. Um, the year you were supposed to graduate high school. That's right. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing at this time? At, at, in 98, like after you get oh. married, like what, where does yeah. your adventure take you from there? Okay, so I wasn't working um, when I had Sage and I was a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom. And then I took a mortgage job, um, like entry-level mortgage job okay. as an admin. And I was job sharing with my sister-in-law for her dad's company. And I would work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and she'd work Tuesday, Thursday. And we just shared the job. She also has a, a son that is, um, I think, five weeks younger than my son. Okay. And so we raised our two first ones together nice um so that's kind of where I started my career in mortgage I just was given this opportunity Mm -hmm. I took to it really well um I ended up making like an 18-year career out of mortgage and that's what I did before I kind of delved into the wine industry oh um so that's what I was doing Sean was cleaning carpets and going to night school and day school and then he started interning at UC Berkeley um basically we were doing nothing we were smoking pot playing guitar hanging out I was going to college like half way you know I, I wanted while to be a preschool teacher while doing the mortgage thing too or? no the mortgage okay. thing came after sage was oh, born. okay yeah. okay so no, when we just when we found out we were smoking having sage, weed hanging out that's it yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much just you know being young he was he had a carpet cleaning company with his dad so he was cleaning carpets at nighttime and then also going to school his dad was like you're about to have a baby you need to make a career for yourself like mm-hmm. it is the way to go so sean went to a technical school okay and um pretty much took an internship that changed his life and provided us the means to support our family. What was that internship? Um, It was, I don't exactly remember, um, but it was at UC Berkeley. So it was a good, you know, Mm -hmm. opportunity for him to learn. Um, It was hard on us at the time because we had hardly any money. And so him having to commute to Berkeley every day was like a financial strain on us, but we made it. And it, it it ended up launching into a really good job, um, and then you know he's pretty much grown from there. Isn't that funny when you look back? We were just talking about this the other day when I moved here from college, got the job right out of school, and it struggled. I mean, because yeah. people are always surprised, but first time reporters, first time job, you don't get paid anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we qualify for food stamps, and you're just you struggle, and you look back, and you're like, how did I how did I manage? You just put one foot in front of the other every day. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you're broke, but you figure it out, I yeah. guess. I remember his first paying job, he made like $32,000 a year, and we thought we were rich. We were like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's so much money. Mm-hmm. And we were so excited to, like, just to have a, a steady pay. And then, um, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, and things <laughs> it's just, not that much, but it, well, but it just progresses from there. It does. And it's all, you know, it's just, it's all perspective, really. Mm-hmm, for I mean, sure. You know, I thought, yeah, when I got my first raise, I was like, I can afford more beer now. This is awesome, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you guys are just working and, and doing the thing. When did when did you guys decide to make the move to Southern Oregon? 
2010, we visited an old friend um, from Sean's high school years, and he was getting married in Eagle Point. And so we came up for a long weekend. We drove up on a, like, I think a Wednesday night and then mm-hmm. ha- stayed Thursday through Tuesday. And we went rafting and hiking and wine tasting, and we went to nice dinners and just really fell in love with the area. And we, like, had already, like, the, the seed for a winery and a wine bar were already planted, like, years before. Like, we had been making hobby wine in our basement uh, since 2006. Okay. Um, and so we wanted that life, mm-hmm. you know. But in California, we'd never be able to afford it. We were both working our buns off and um, just – when we came here, we're like, okay, house prices are cheaper, land prices are cheaper. Like, we could actually make a business here. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to save for a year, and we moved up the following wow. summer. Wow. So mm-hmm. when you guys came to that wedding, what were you doing at the time? Were you still doing mortgage? I actually – no, I was taking care of my kids at the time. Like, okay. I had taken a break from mortgage because my family needed me. Sean was traveling a bunch for his work, and somebody needed to be the stable one at home. And our oldest son uh, was having, like, issues at school, and so I just needed to be – be his advocate. Mm-hmm. And so I quit and, and was like just staying at home taking care of the family okay. at that time. And so where did this idea I mean obviously you guys were wine drinkers. Yeah. So was it something how did you get into wine then, I guess? Where where did that come from? Um well I I started drinking wine that my brother in law made in his home. And oh, so okay. he he's yeah, he, his family is like uh, they made wine together as a family every single year. And so he invited us to make wine with him. Mm-hmm. And so we we did. We made a California cab and uh, we just kind of fell in love with the process. My husband kind of started geeking out on all the fermenting of things and sure. really just got into that part. But I was really into the community of it and like just making wine with, you know, as a family. And um, it was just kind of a festive in, in, in a festive event every year. And so uh, where were you guys making this wine? Like in it, the garage? Yes. Wow. Yep. In macro bins. Okay. Mm-hmm. And who, I mean, you got got the grapes from someone and yeah. then just huh, yeah we'd go we'd wake up really early we'd go pick the grapes and we'd bring them back to my brother-in-law's house and that's awesome we'd all work together um all day and and then we'd have a, a feast at the end of the day uh how was how was the wine good yeah. yeah really good i mean we we won a ton of uh, awards at amateur wine competitions and it just kind of gave us the confidence uh in my husband's winemaking ability to take the plunge into the commercial world okay so yeah it was good we weren't the only ones that think that, that yeah. thought that the <laughs> first barrel we made on our own we like barrel tasted it and by the time it was we barrel tasted it with everyone we were so proud of our first right. wine and then by the time we were ready to bottle we had like half i mean half of what we should have had yeah <laughs> But it was really good. That's I think that's the most fun though is barrel tasting. Oh yeah. I mean that's yeah. you feel super special when someone's like, "Do you want to taste out of the barrel?" I'm Absolutely. Like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking though? You're you guys are making wine as a family. It's something that's fun for you. Obviously, mm-hmm. are you kind of dreaming big at this point? Like, what could we do with this? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, we always th- talked about having a winery. We don't have a winery yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we used a custom crush, custom crush right now. And we, we talked about having a vineyard and a little, like, farm stand and all of that. So we would just kind of lay in bed. The thing that me and Sean have bonded over our whole marriage was really just dreaming about the next thing in life. Like, what are we going to do in five years? Like, well, you know, wouldn't it be fun if we did this or that? And so that was one of the dreams, like, laying in bed late at night after the kids had gone to sleep, tired of working mortgage. We're like, we lived in this little mountain town in the Santa Cruz mountains and we said wouldn't it be super cool if we had a wine bar and then it just kind of like grew Hmm. and um, then we started playing music at at a wine bar in Capitola California 
um, in exchange for wine. And so we Wait, played Wait, you two Thurs- were playing music? Uh-huh. Sean plays guitar, and I was singing with him at the time. And Stop so, it. Yeah, and so they would just give us free wine to play, and we would just play love songs on Thursday nights. And we considered it our oh date gosh. night. My dad would watch the kids, and we would just kind of dream about having that. My heart is fluttering <laughs> right now. Like, what t- t- What kind of love songs were you two singing? Like, cover love songs. Oh, my gosh. I Tasha, know. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. It when was did, pretty fun. Did that, did, has he played guitar his whole life? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you said playing guitar and smoking weed at Berkeley, you weren't kidding. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> okay. No, I was really serious. Have you been a singer your whole life? No, just since I met him. Okay. I mean, I've always enjoyed singing, and I was in the choir as a kid and whatnot, right. but I'm definitely... No Mariah Carey, like you said earlier. (laughs) I told her earlier, I tell everybody this. It's my stupid reporter joke. But with microphones like this, I tell everybody, don't get too on top of it. Don't Mariah Carey the microphone. You just kind of want to stay back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, God, that's funny. So you guys were singing in wine bars. That's it. Okay. And and dreaming about having our own wine bar someday. I love this. How old were you then? Mm, Like 26, 7, 8, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like Dreaming that, big, that though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like I said, that's what we bond over our dreams. And mm-hmm. and so now in our 40s, we're like making it happen. I love it. So this is all kind of leading up to you guys come to Southern Oregon and mm-hmm. really fall in love with this place. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that was, you said, 2008? 2011. 2011? Yeah. So. And at the time, I mean, we've got wineries here, but nothing like it is oh, now. No. I know. We, we visited the downtown and we're like, what a cute historic downtown. This mm-hmm. is a perfect place for a wine bar. Like, this this town could be awesome. We just saw the potential in Medford. And, um, you know, we fell in love with the vineyards in Applegate. We originally wanted to live in Applegate, but we ended up finding our house in Medford and then moving to a farm in um, Rogue River. Okay. So, uh yeah, I would just love the area. It's so pretty. So you move up here in 2011. 11. And how old are your kiddos at this point? Um, Sage was probably 13 and Noah was 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you doing? You move up here. You save up for a year mm-hmm. and you move up. And what do you guys do for, for work when you get here? Uh, well, Sean already worked for a Spanish company from home. And so mm-hmm. he basically had to travel to South America a bunch and to Europe and um, and I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, okay. and so I didn't really have a job until then we were like, okay, we need to start like aggressively saving so that we can do some of these things that we want to do. Yeah. And that's when I took on another mortgage job, um, you know, here locally mm-hmm. with Brian Case, Guild Mortgage. Yay, little shout out there, <laughs> little shout out. So then how did this this wine bar, because looking at where you are now, I mean, these dreams are now reality. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when did you start actively pursuing this wine bar? Uh, well, when I had, like, so I had planned on going back to mortgage when I was pregnant with Caius. Okay. And I ended up realizing that I wasn't going to have life balance. I This is all complete. Um, I thought I was going to have more life balance with this this whole wine bar thing. But anyway, I'm stepping ahead of myself. You're good. Um, so <laughs> while I was a stay-at-home mom with Caius, I started business planning. And I just you know, kind of realized that I'm not a great stay-at-home mom. I, I end up wanting to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I want – I just like you're having a job. Yeah, you're normal. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of went from, you know, working working and being successful and being really good at something to being at home, doing everybody's laundry, cooking and cleaning, and I just didn't really find joy in it. You yeah. know, I found joy in my son, but not really – it wasn't enough. Right. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. I have friends who – do both they Mm -hmm. are stay-at-home moms and then they have friends who um 
are there for their kids as much as they can and they're full-time moms and they're killing it yeah. so and the stay-at-home moms are killing it too totally and so I just you know I don't think one is any harder than the other um but there is this weird thing with people who are like oh I'm choosing to stay at home with my kids and it's like oh you just sit around and hang out all day no, it's so like, much no, more than that. It's a lot of work. It is, yeah. And kids are, are really taxing. You know, they test all of your, the all the patients that you have in your core, and you know, also bring as much joy as you've ever yeah. felt in your life. So it's it's it can be difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I have a friend too. She posted on Facebook a while back that she accidentally threw in uh, like a poopy underwear pants situation into the washing machine oh boy (laughs) and it was like hashtag worst mom ever and I'm just like you know what they're alive they're breathing you're feeding them it's fine motherhood has nothing to do with having like the perfect dinner no clean clothes all the time it really doesn't are your kids happy are they safe are they healthy Mm -hmm. you know can they function in society yeah (laughs) done (laughs) I'm good at I'm good at my job that's yeah so but you yourself you just you wanted more I did. Yeah, I did. And okay. so I didn't know Lucy was going to come at the time. Um, but when I started the whole plan for the rogue grape, um, I had Caius. And so I thought, oh, you know, I can, I can do this and take care of Caius. Um, and then like in January, right after we got funding, I found out I was having Lucy. And I was planning on having a second child to grow up with, with Caius and to try for my female. I just didn't know it was going to happen that soon. And so then I was like, okay, well, I just need to get the rogue grape open before I give birth and, you know, everything will be fine. I'll have a little bit of time to get every, like all the processes set and then, you know, I'll be able to go on maternity leave and none of that happened. You were telling me before we started, you, you not have two sets of children, but they're, the ages are so far apart. You and Sean really decided we're going to start over with the kids. We did. Yeah. So our two older ones became kind of independent and, you know, they were teenagers. They really didn't take up much of our time. They didn't want to hang out with us. Anyways, right. So, so me and Sean started like dating again you know and and we kind of fell in love with each other all over again and just we're like ah oh, wouldn't it be fun to have more babies and we've talked about it for years but one person was always like a hard no and the other person was like you know had baby fever and so finally it aligned and we were both like yes let's do this mm. and so that's how we ended up with Caius oh man and then Lucy and then Lucy <laughs> are you guys done we're done with a capital D <laughs> we are completely done I do not want any more children you heard it here we've been doc it's been documented on this podcast she is done that's it so <laughs> you start the process for rogue great but what's the year 2016 was when we first started having like talks about it okay mm-hmm. um where are you looking to open this place downtown medford okay. i knew like in my heart that that's where it needed to be okay yeah so i know just from hearing from friends who own businesses um about the process what was it like for you long longer than yeah. i thought Lo- you know lots of uh obstacles to to get through and you know just it, everybody like along the way was super nice, really supportive, very mm-hmm. helpful. Um, it was just a lot more than I anticipated. You know, yeah. a lot more work, a lot more steps, a lot more paperwork, like just a lot. Um, <laughs> Lots of details. Right. And so did you have a location? Uh, I did in January, yeah. January of 2018. 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's the same location you are oh, yeah. now? Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is in downtown Medford. I believe this used to be the old... Like Jackson County Democrats headquarters, is that right? I think it was a 
I think it was. And it was also like an AA meeting building, which is okay. kind of funny. That's a little ironic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but when I took over the lease, it was a like an online marketing company. Okay. And so it really was like office-y inside. It, like there was like drop ceilings with fluorescent lighting and no kitchen. The bathrooms in the back were really terrible. Um, there was a lot of things not up to code. And, mm-hmm. and so we just kind of renovated the entire thing and made it someplace that we'd want to hang out. I mean, you really did. Just hearing what you described there and now knowing what it looks like now, what kind of work did you guys have to put into this place? New floors, uh, new drywall, um, plumbing for the bathrooms mm-hmm. and the kitchen. Um, electrical. You put in a kitchen. I put in a full kitchen. That was a little office space before. Wow. Um, so hood, stove, oven, mm-hmm. flat top, like refrigerators, mm-hmm. um, lighting. What else did we do? We built an office in the back, like pretty much renovated the entire space. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there exposed brick in it before? There was, but it was like covered with some like old stucco. So all we did was sandblasted it and sealed it. Because I like the brick. Why would you cover up brick? I don't know. I don't get it. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, So this process of renovation takes how long for you guys? Uh, January to August. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a process. It really was. That took way longer than I anticipated. I thought, you know, just a, well, when I first leased the building, I thought, oh, okay, I'll just kind of like decorate. Mm-hmm. But then when I got into it, um, it ended up being a bigger renovation than I anticipated. And so there was a moment where I was like, okay, this is way more money than I was anticipating putting into this building. Like I could back out at this point. Um, and then I just kind of prayed on it and I decided this is, I'm going to do this. This mm-hmm. is going to be a good thing for us. Just something you felt in your gut. You I did. push forward. Yeah, I did. So you guys are posting on social media during this whole time. Mm-hmm. And you're getting everybody's, we're all salivating for this <laughs> wine bar to open in downtown Medford. And what looks like a cool wine bar. Because there's been other wine bars that have not succeeded. Yeah, I heard. In downtown Medford. Mm-hmm. So everyone, at least in my circle, we're getting super excited about this wine bar. You're here, you're sort of, I mean, you're not brand new. You've been here for a few years, and you've probably been around and tasting wine. So did you have an idea of what you wanted as far as wine to be served? Oh, absolutely. I knew I wanted 100% local wines. I wanted to be an ambassador of Southern Oregon wines. I just feel like that's the pride of our region, and I wanted a place, I wanted to create a place that showcased that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of always been the plan. Um, and then, you know, of course I have my favorites and then I'm surprised by by wineries that are making really good wine that mm-hmm. I didn't favor in the past. And so I, I keep an open mind and I try everything as if it, I've never had an experience with it because vintage, vintages change year over year. They do. Mm-hmm. They really do. And how does that work for you guys? You're obviously buying wine from the wineries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they have to obviously say, yeah, we want in, we want... We want you to carry our wine. Yeah, in this for place. sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how did that process even start? I mean, oh it- gosh, I had help. So Sarah Gar, you've had her on I here know before. Her. I was really pregnant, and and I had an aversion to wine, so I couldn't even taste and spit, and so I I just couldn't trust my palate at all. And she curated the entire wine list for us to mm-hmm. get from the get-go. She's told me the story. Yeah, she did such a great job. She went around and tasted on our behalf and really came up with a, a cohesive menu for us um, as a starting point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm like forever in, indebted to her because I could not have pulled it off without her help. Oh, thank you, Sarah Gar. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. So wait, go back. You were you were pregnant during this whole process. I was. Very pregnant. Very pregnant, yeah. <laughs> so I, I conceived Lucy in December of 2017. Okay. And then we opened our 
our doors um, August 16th, 2018. Right. And I had Lucy August 25th. Oh, oh, my gosh. I'm a bad mom. I can't remember her birthday. It's all right. It's the 23rd. That's okay. You have four of them. <laughs> we'll forgive you. Hey, add something else to your plate. I know. Exactly. Opening a business and having a baby. And yeah, you know, I, I went kiddo. into it. I was overly confident. I feel like I, I needed to be knocked down and humbled a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be great. I'm going to be so successful. All of my projections were completely optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, like, oh, okay, it's no big deal. I'm going to totally be able to raise these two children and run this wine bar. And I'm doing it, but yeah, you are, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's definitely more challenging than I ever thought it was going to be like a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think when you were folding laundry at home that this is what you'd be doing right now? Or did you hope this is what you'd be doing right now? Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to kind of dream about it in order to make it happen. And so I'd fantasize about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that when you put stuff like that out in the universe that it eventually happens for you? I mean, obviously, you've put in the work, so it's not Mm -hmm. like you've been sitting around just dreaming about it. Yeah. I think either you do it or somebody else does it. I feel like when, when like, a new idea comes and you kind of start manifesting about it, uh, either you do it or you're going to hear about somebody else that's done it. So, yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. a huge part of, of, you know, following your dreams is is living it in your head before it happens like imagining the smallest detail imagining what your life is going to feel and look like you know of course it may not always be right but you know that's where where it starts and that's that's what gives you the motivation to do all of the little steps along the way to make it happen um and it sucks when you hear and see someone else doing your dream yeah it's true yeah yeah and that that was the moment that I had when I decided to move forward you know after I realized it was going to be way more expensive than I ever imagined uh I was having another child Mm -hmm. and I just thought to myself if I don't do this somebody else is going to do it and then I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life I'm going to be like well what if I had done that totally so I had to do it you did yeah and you are you're Mm -hmm. doing it um so you guys opened the doors in August yes okay um how was business at first? Uh, crazy. We were not prepared. I had the wrong staff in place. Um, I wasn't really capable of working. I was I was too pregnant. So I like the first day I tried to be behind the bar, but I was humongous. I was a week away from giving birth, and I was just in everybody's way. It was kind of comical. Well, your 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 belly was in everybody's yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so um, it was a bit of a mess to begin with. Um, just all over the place. Like our prices were off, like we were too expensive. Um, We've just had to adjust a lot of things. And so in the beginning, it was really hard. Um, But then, and then also like I open my doors, you know, 10 days later, I give birth to Lucy. Mm -hmm. And then a week after that, I have to go back to work, which was heartbreaking. I didn't want to go back to work. I didn't want to leave Lucy. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't have my process is down at that mm. point. So I had to. It was that is heartbreaking. Sad. <laughs> it was yeah. very sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what did you, what were you hearing from people in the beginning about? Um, they liked our space, but we didn't have any art on the wall because I just never got around to yeah. choosing that piece of, of, of the project. And um, my prices were too high to begin with. Uh, that's kind of what I heard. They, they liked it. Um, we needed more food. You know, I, I think some of our servers, people complained about some of our servers not really being wine-centric servers or okay. even passionate about wine in general. So I learned that lesson. Like, that's more important than skill. Well, kudos to you for hearing that and making changes. Yeah. I think a lot of business owners are like, hey, it's my place. I'm going to do what I want. No, I mean. You can't survive that way. No, you can't. And I have a servant's heart. You know, I want I want people to, I want to give them a good experience. Like, that's truly my intention. Um, and so when I hear of ways that I can make things better, I try. 
you know, especially if it makes sense. I mean, of course I can't, there are people tell me, oh, you need to move the furniture or you should have this other furniture. And of course I can't do all of that, but you know. That's when you can tell them to just go drink your wine. I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, I'll think about that. Deal, deal with the couch that's here. Um, and now you guys are, you put in that kitchen and you're putting it to use now. Kind of. So um, since probably, well, okay, so it's been a few weeks. So our chef left suddenly okay. and unexpectedly. And so that week was probably the hardest week of my business. Yikes. I know because we had put so much money and um, time and effort in into marketing materials to promote him as a chef, promote his menu. Like we had personally gone around to businesses and dropped off menus and boost, boasted about how awesome he is because he is. He's super talented. Mm-hmm. And we felt really blessed to have him. Well, um, he, I think maybe, I don't really know. He, he quit via text, so that was also a little Yikes. hard. Um, but he, I think he just had a better opportunity, and so he mm-hmm. took it. And so I can't really fault him for that. I just wish that I would have been given a little bit more notice yeah. so that we could have, right. you know, reacted. I don't know if you've, you're a Sex in the City watcher. Have I've ever... watched, like, season one a long time ago. Okay, well, Carrie, the main character, she gets broken up with via Post-it. And that's what that reminds me of. Like, he literally mm. left her a post-it that said, I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's like that's you got, you got broken up with via text. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the way that I work, like, with the people that work, you know, for the Rogue Grape, I, I grow an attachment to. You know, sure. I care about them personally. And sure. so it's, it's hard when that level of just consideration isn't given back. You know? Amen. Um, are you, so you're looking for a new <clears throat> chef? I'm actually the new chef right now. What? So I've had to kind of like further put my ego to the side and now I'm doing the dishes and I'm cooking the food because I need to provide some sort of stability to my food menu at this point. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm committed and reliable and so that's where I'm working right now. Um, plus, I didn't want to put it off on any of my other employees. Mm-hmm. Um, my my manager, Morgan, who I can't live without. Hi, is, Morgan. Hi, Morgan. Thanks for holding everything together. <laughs> <laughs> um she works a couple days a week, and then Cody, who's our like main server, he's also working a day a week, um, so that I have a little bit of life balance. And um, but yeah, I'm just I'm gonna do that right now because I just never want to be put in a position where I can't work every single job of my business. Like when when our last chef left. Um, we basically got shut down. You mm-hmm. know, people were coming in the the worst day of it. Uh, I had a, a ten. 10-person reservation for a Saturday night. I turned away 36 different people that day that were there for food. I had four different people call in for reservations. Um, and I had to tell them, we don't have food today because I didn't have any kind of notice and I had no way of getting somebody in there Ouch. that quickly to that execute hurts. his menu. It, it, I needed those sales. Like, yeah. I count on my Saturdays being good. Like, that's what makes my business work is mm-hmm. Saturdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Um, and so that was the worst day. And I left in tears, just kind of recommitted to never allowing my menu to get bigger than what I could execute in a pinch. Okay. So that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm just trying to learn it. And then I'm probably going to, you know, hire a cook to execute a simple menu mm-hmm. and just really focus on the wines. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I was just going to say, we could throw something out. I don't know if there's someone listening, but, you know, maybe yeah. that right person can come along. That's right. That'd and, be awesome. And work at Rogue Grape. And I saw, because I do, we're Facebook friends, Mm -hmm. and I saw something the other day that, you know, you just, you were having some struggles Mm -hmm. with this. Do you still feel like you're in the right spot? 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still feel hopeful about the future. I, the numbers show that we're growing month over month. Good. So, you know, even when you have like hard moments where you feel like everything's falling apart and that you made, you know, bad choices or invested in the wrong person, I still feel like the Rogue Grape is, is um, the perfect part of the community. I mm-hmm. think it's a good asset to our community. And um, I still feel 100% convicted. Uh, convicted. Uh, I know sorry. what you're saying. I know what you're yes, saying. I still yes. feel 100% sure that I made the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah. I knew exactly where you're going with that. Well, I love the Rogue Grape. Thanks. And I love that it's in downtown Medford. Me because too. I've always loved downtown Medford. I've, it's always had a special place in my heart. And I just... I like local businesses, and I like to promote local businesses, especially ones, those that serve wine. Mm. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. No, my husband and I have been several times, and we just love it. We absolutely love it. Thank you very much. And the variety of wines that you carry, you can buy a bottle there. Mm -hmm. I just, I love everything about your business. So uh, tell everybody quickly the hours, not quickly, you don't have to go quickly. I'm thinking I'm on live TV right now. Um, the hours of that you're open. Okay, so we're open Monday uh, through Wednesday, noon to 8. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're open uh, noon to 11. Okay. Or, you know, we'll, we stay open later if people are still there. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it, it, when we were there, I think, over the holidays, um, you know, when it's cold outside and the cars are whizzing by and I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm in a big city. I like it. It's fun. And I will say this. Thank you for having nice glassware. Oh, yeah. That's so important. Like that was a no brainer. Huge. Well, it's a big I know not a lot of people are big on glassware, but I am. No, it gives it gives the wine the vessel to shine. Mm -hmm. Nice. Good. I I need to quote myself. You do. (laughs) Yeah, Put that up somewhere in Road Group. All right, Mm. Natasha Hopkins, we're going to wrap up just a little bit. I think I prepped you on my final three questions. Okay, Mm -hmm. best advice you've ever been given? Um, There's always going to be like 10 different people in between your point A and your point B, and you just have to kind of struggle through it. And then I'm also going to give advice for parents out there. Have the conversations with your kids before they become relevant. So sex, drugs, you know, morals, like give them them a foundation before it becomes relevant. Um, Because once it becomes relevant, they stop listening. Yeah. So those so, two things. So you mean before, like, teenagers and, you know, sex is in the air with mm-hmm. teenagers, have that conversation very When they're young. little. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When like, they're still what listening. kind of conversations? Well, with my first two boys, we had conversations about, you know, just our values, like marriage and mm-hmm. sex and, mm-hmm. you know, children and, and all of, like, basically those kind of, the birds and the bees kind of conversation. Drugs, you mm-hmm. know, the reality of, of yeah. that. Um and just like our personal beliefs. Right. Yeah. Um, we have a 20-year-old, and we talked about drinking. I mean, when he was in middle school. And yeah. not necessarily glorifying it, but also not making it a big deal. Yeah. And letting him know that alcohol is always probably going to be available to you, and it's going to be up to you whether or not you want to drink it. Mm-hmm. And he's 20, and that's not an issue. Like, yeah. So, and it never has been. So I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Have those conversations. Totally. When they're listening to exactly, you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because you're right. When you start to say clean your bathroom, they don't listen. No. When you say clean your bathroom. No, they don't. Okay. If you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most? I'd miss the wines, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, but I'd also miss the four seasons. I love the snow and the spring. Mm-hmm. The spring is my favorite time of year. Um, you know, the long growing season in the summer and uh, the fall. 
just the four seasons same i know mm-hmm. we do we actually get seasons here yes most years most years yeah. most years uh there was something um i saw on social media that even in oregon during the day it's like winter in the morning and then mm-hmm. spring mid-morning and then summer <laughs> in the afternoon and fall at night it's so, so true it is very true um and then final meal final drink what would that look like well i love soup it's my comfort food really? i love making soup i love eating soup and so my favorite soup is pho and which is Vietnamese noodle soup. Yes. And so I, I love it. I love it so much um, it, with a glass of rosé. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just had a glass of rosé at the Rogue Grape recently. Mm, which one? I had the Cliff Creek. Oh. It's pink pink. Pink or pink wine. Mm-hmm. It, it was good. Yeah. My Very current nice. favorite rosé right now is the Del Rio rosé of Grenache. Okay. I love it. It's so yummy. Right. That one's my favorite rosé on um, what are What are some of your other favorite rosés that have come out in the last couple of years I mean um, everybody I feel like not everybody but there's a lot of wineries right now making fantastic absolutely rosés. our rosés are so good um Irvine and Roberts rosé of Pinot I love a lot uh I love the Awen rosé of course got to give a plug to my husband's winery um and then which other one I had a Schmidt rosé recently um there I think it's their 2017 or 18 rosé and it just has a little bit of residual sugar so it's kind of a good wine for people that that yeah don't prefer a drier style rosé. So that was good too. Right. Um, yeah, I think those are my favorites. Okay. So oh, of course, Quaddy's rosé too. Oh, of course. That's so good. Of course. Yeah. No, there's so many. It's hard to choose. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing your story about your mom. I'm sh- I don't know if you were I wasn't ready. really planning on that. I, sorry. <laughs> well, it just happened. And I, I came here with the intention of just laying it all out and be, being my true self. Well, good. Thank you so. for being your true self. And thank you for sharing that because I know um, – addiction affects a lot of people mm-hmm. and a lot of people here so thank yeah. you for sharing that story with us no problem if you're listening to this podcast on itunes and you like it please subscribe rate and review it helps other people find us we're also on google play and you can check out the video portion of this podcast at ktvl.com just click on features and then off script one more time natasha hopkins from the rogue grape in downtown medford go visit and say hi yes please thanks for being here